From the nation's capital to the Sunshine State. It's compelling. The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment. It's Friday. The land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. And good morning and welcome to GRN Alive. It is Friday. It's July 3rd. It's almost July 4th. (laughs) Not quite Independence Day. It's kind of quiet around here at the office. It's actually... Officially a day off for the Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, since the the holiday fa- fell on a Saturday, uh, we get the Friday off. But you know what? That's now we're we're still in here live doing the show today, and so I really appreciate Sissel and Diane. I'm not sure if Dr. Malloy knew today was a day off or not, but uh, he's here. Good to see you. How you doing, Dr. Malloy? Great. Good to be here. Yeah. Happy almost Independence Day. Thank you. You got big plans? Like watching the works on the on the internet. <laughs> yeah. If I can find uh, works in the area, I think we'll drive to some nearby location. Yeah, most of them have been canceled. Yeah, and I, I don't quite understand that, but uh, a lot have been canceled. I think you can sit in your car and watch a few, but we're going to try to get out and do something. But uh, uh, welcome, everybody. Glad you're here. Uh, phone number, we always appreciate participation during the show. If you want to call up and uh, let us know what's on your mind, 877-757-9424. My name is Dave Palmer. And uh, we're broadcasting from our North Texas office. Cecil Anderson is running the board. Diane Xavier doing all social media. You can find us uh, on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. The handle is G- um, at GRN Online. Uh, today is the Friday of the 13th week in Ordinary Time. It's also the feast of St. Thomas the Apostle. You know, he lives his whole life. I'm sure he was a great guy. He makes that mistake of doubting uh, Christ in his presence, and boy, from from there on out, he's doubting Thomas for the rest of history. How would you like that? He's also the uh, one that gave our Lord the chance to say uh, to, to him, to say to the Lord, my Lord, yeah. my God. Yeah. By the way, with the definite article, my the God. Did you know that? Well, is that like Greek or something? So, or, yeah, if you yeah. go to the Greek, it says God uh, without an article, usually, of the Son of God. Yeah. And the Father, it's the God. But this is one of three times where the God is said of the Son of God. It's awesome. That's the kind of information you get when you have a PhD in theology on the show with you. That, that's, I like, that, that's I like doubting yeah. Thomas. And and also, I know it's, it's common. I forget where uh, I heard this, but when the priest raises the consecrated host... Uh, it's common to say, my Lord and my God. Do you, have, do you ever say That's that? That's awesome. No, yeah, now you my, got me something. And, and I know my, my I wife. I beat my chest. I usually, like, yeah. you know, I, 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 my heart, you know? Yeah. Not like the mea culpa, but kind of like, you know, soften my heart, let me receive you. Right. And we've got our seven-year-old son. So what my, do you say again? My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. That's awesome. And my, my wife says it, whispers it every time to my son, whenever, that, those two times, when the, when they elevate the, the precious blood and the, and the sacred host. My Lord, my God, it's a good That's thing to awesome. say because you know it's it's like Thomas right there. There he is. Right? Do I have a second to tell a story? There's oh, a five-year-old you, kid. You've got 57 minutes. Sure. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Forget well, we have, the guests. We got some guests planned. But no, no, please, please do. Yeah. Oh, so okay, so five-year-old kid, shrine of the Immaculate Conception. Uh-huh. You've been there. Uh, yes, I have. So yes. the, the priest raises our Lord, and this little kid, five years old, goes, "Jesus." Oh, Jesus. Wow. Jesus. And everyone was 
absolutely silent. At the end of the uh, mass, the priest was like, that was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have some friends, and I'm going to butcher the story, and I don't know all the details. They had a, a severely disabled son. He recently passed away, and I'd heard a story where, you know, he... he uh, he was very, very mentally challenged and did not have the capacity to really understand much. But they would say that during that that moment in mass, he would change. And, hmm. and the, there, there was so, he, he, he. And again, I, I, I'm, awesome. I'm short on details, but I just remember that that he, even in his in, incapacitated state, uh, he, he knew that something was going on. He get alert then. That's, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. That's amazing. So, wow, we got off in a tangent there, didn't we? That's but, uh, good. St. Thomas, related. pray for us. Thank you so much. Great story, by the way. And uh, later on in the show, we are going to... Cecil, by the way, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cecil's here. I am. Got big plans for the uh, Fourth of July weekend? Uh, uh Eating lots of food. Uh, I think my friend wants to make me watch Independence Day. Okay. That's, I've never seen that Will it. Will Smith. And, yeah, yeah, I've never seen it. I think I actually don't know. <laughs> um, and then oh. probably see Hamilton that was just released. Yeah. The musical. So yeah. yeah. I saw some. Uh, Is it on Prime? It's on uh, Disney Plus. They just released okay. a, the Broadway original Broadway yeah. recording. I got this weird thought, you know, and, and this is probably more alarmist than anything. I saw a headline saying, you know, are we ever going to have another Independence Day in America? And, you know, the way the statues are coming down and holidays are, you know, Columbus Day are under attack. You're like, you know, this would probably be one of the ones that uh, some segment of our population wouldn't be too happy about. And so make the best of it. If this goes, we've got a new regime. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, later on in the show, speaking of that, uh, our dear friend Monsignor Charles Pope. I just love Monsignor. I've had a he's few awesome. private conversations with him in the last few days. And, uh, he's, of course, from the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., right there at the epicenter of uh, you know, the free world. And uh, he, he did a column uh, a while back called A Summons to Courage. And so we're talking about courage. I know you and I, Dr. Malloy, had a conversation about this on the phone uh, the other day. Are we still free in America? You know, we are officially, but in many ways, I don't know. It seems like uh, the the liberties are, are chipping away. In fact, uh, uh, Bishop Wenske, uh, the new leader of the U.S. Catholic Bishops on Religious Liberty, has warned of a, quote, soft despotism of religious intolerance in America. And he said the, quote, new, is it uh, Jacobins? Uh, yep. I think a reference to the yep. French Revolution are driving Catholics from the public square uh, in America, and I think we all know what he's talking about. Yep. We all feel it, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So the the Jacobins comes from the the, the name of the, the Dominican Dominican convent uh, in Paris, where the Dominicans first uh, had a house, a convent, yeah. going way back, right? Yeah, uh, and uh, that's where the revolutionaries met, right? So these are radical revolutionaries. They're friends of Robespierre. They get the uh, reign of, you know, they get their club going in '89 uh, with the revolution. They uh, ignite the reign of terror in '93. Yeah, I remember learning about the French Revolution in high school, and it was, you know, equality, liberty, fraternity. Oh yeah, it all rosy. Oh, it was great. Wow, this is pretty exciting. My, even yeah. the kids, the textbooks my kids read, right? Yeah, they're kind of pro-French Revolution. Yeah. So yeah. you got to read Edmund Burke. Reflections yeah. on the Revolution and get a little bit sober on it. Yeah. Or Dialogues of the Carmelites. Yeah, it's an yeah. Ar- artistic uh, yeah. depiction. So, so I, I was speaking the other day with uh, Monsignor Pope and talking about the segment that we're going to do today, and I said, you know, we can go in a lot, a lot of different directions with this. And he said, how about um, 
uh, Democracy in America by Alexis de Tocqueville. And I did a little research on it. Uh, and uh, de Tocqueville was a Frenchman. He came over to America in the 19th century. He wrote a book. He, he observed democracy in America. He observed the way, you know, it was going, what was good about it, and wrote this famous book in, uh, between 1835 and 1840. And I, I, I went online. I found a few quotes from the book. And I thought this one was interesting in light of, and I'm, I gotta admit, I think you probably know this, I'm not a big fan of the lockdowns and shelter in place and the face masks and all that, but, uh, in light of that, you know, and of course he's, you know, not talking about this, but he's talking about something in America and he says, quote, what good does it, what good does it do me after all if an ever watchful authority keeps an eye out to ensure that my pleasures will be tranquil and races ahead of me to ward off all danger? Sparing me the need even to think about such things, if that authority, even as it removes the smallest thorns from my path, is also absolute master of my liberty and my life. Something to, think, something to think about. Uh, he, <laughs> Indeed. He also uh, yeah, he said, uh, America is great because America is good. I thought that was... Uh, That's an awesome one. Yeah, he, he wrote a lot about morality. And, of course, there were problems. This was uh, antebellum America. This is, you know, yeah. there would have been, you know, slavery. There would have been uh, certainly some some things going on that weren't good. But he, this, it was his. I don't know if he wrote about that or not. All right. Uh, and we're going to talk during the Monsignor Pope segment about uh, a story. It will just It's about Villanova University. Yeah. And uh, that'll Melanie come up. Melanie Dio. Yeah. I was <laughs> not aware of it until you told me about that. And uh, coming up before Monsignor Pope is a dear friend of mine, Karen Garnett. She works with Heroic Media. She's Vice President of Community Relations and National Expansion. And we're going to get her take on this week's Supreme Court decision called June Medical Services versus Russo. Uh, Jonathan Science talked about this last week. I was really hoping that the Supreme, I, I thought the Supreme Court was going to go inside of, of pro-life on this, but they didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Five, four. Roberts thought it was a, a wrong decision, similar one, four years ago. But yeah. yeah. And he still thinks it's wrong. Yeah, yeah, and his, I don't know what's going on with Roberts. Yeah, we'll yeah, it was. Uh, there have been uh, June's a, a weird month in many ways, and I sometimes just June is when all these Supreme Court cases come out. It seems like the last few years they just haven't gone in great directions. There was one good one had to do with school choice this yeah. week, and that they, we did get mm-hmm. a victory in that. But uh, uh, anyways, I, I do think uh, abortion remains the central issue. I mean, when you kill almost a million people a year, uh, children, it, 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 it's still, it, it permeates every aspect of our life, and we got to keep talking about it. And some other things going on as well. Cicel, any news stories that uh, yeah. strike your fancy? Yeah. yeah, well, you know, we've been, uh, most dioceses have started opening up to some ex- um, extent. You can go start going to masses and small uh, doses, let's say. But with the recent spike uh, in coronavirus cases, the Diocese of Tucson, Arizona, has become the first Catholic diocese in the U.S. to shut down masses again. Wow. So we're kind of going backwards um, because of a spike in the area and the state. And uh, the uh, state governor, uh, Doug Ducey, had ordered the closure of bars, nightclubs, gyms, kind of similar to what's happening here in Texas and several other uh, states as well. Um so Bishop Edward Weisenberger um, said that he wishes to inform you that after careful review that they are going to have to shut down for a while, which is very unfortunate and very sad. And it, it, it does 
kind of raise that question of, is this where we're going? Are we going back yeah. again? Are, are more going to follow this? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I know where we are here in the, in the Diocese of Dallas, uh, physically located right now in the Diocese of Dallas, and uh, they have closed for a long time, and finally last weekend. Last week. Last weekend, they opened up again. Right, as everything spiked again. For Sunday. For yeah. Sunday. Yeah, yeah, right. They had daily masses, and they had the other sacraments, but Sunday masses opened up last weekend for the first time in a while, and now you're thinking, I, I know a lot of people, because I've talked to them, are like, are we going to, are we going to, what's yeah, going to happen? I'm kind of thinking we get two Sundays and then it'll be it'll be uh, closed up again. But we need the sacraments. We need to figure out a way that we can keep living our Catholicism in the midst of where we need this. Yeah. Who's dominating the head? It's all the medical people are dominating the headline. We we forgot about the soul. Mm. Yeah. 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 So So true. Anyways, I, I thought the heat was supposed to take care of this uh, virus. I, yeah. uh, like, it was certainly hot enough here yesterday. <laughs> yeah, gosh. Uh, so uh, what else? Uh, so also story, you know, we, we, we talk about the bishops. And I know a lot of people complain about the bishops, but I got to say kudos to Cardinal Dolan yes. out of New York. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, you heard about this, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He wrote an article um, about how we should stop villainizing our police department. And he talks about how he has conversations with the NYPD and they are so upset with what's happening. They And he writes that they realize that there are there are bad seeds there are bad apples in in, yeah. in the police department but they're few and far between and they're trying to be better but they're becoming villainized they're you know they're being called terrible things and it's kind of prohibiting what they're trying to do um so yeah it it's just unfortunate but he wrote a very beautiful um po- uh, article on it um and he says he goes to there are community uh, activists and one uh, one black leader said don't get rid of the cops. He goes, we in the Bronx sure need them. You may not need them in Park Avenue, but we right. need them here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's, that's the, that's yeah, a, yeah, the, the point. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, so in some nicer areas, maybe you don't need them, but there are areas that need them. Yeah. The article says, uh, stop demonizing New York Police Department for God's sake. That was, that was the exact uh, title of it. He said, our valiant police officers have one of the most perilous, stressful duties around. And from what I have seen in my nearly dozen years here, they do it with care, compassion, and competence. And he didn't, yeah, you know, he didn't ignore the fact that there are some bad no. apples, like you say. And, and he made a good point too, something that's come up a couple times, but he's, he said he talks, he's talked to officers because he looks at it from the perspective of we've had the, the sex abuse scandal with the priest too. Yeah. And so he under, you know, we understand that there are, you know, bad and we need to be better at seeding those out and stuff like that, but we can't just call all priests bad. We mm-hmm. can't call all cops bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I've, you know, when I have an encounter with a police officer, I, last weekend we were in downtown, you know, you know having dinner with some friends. You were speeding. And, and <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have thought that even if I get pulled over for speeding, I will thank the officer. Yeah. I mean, just because of the current climate. You know, normally I'd be like, right. you know, I'm all grumpy and all that. Uh, but no, I, I, ju- I just take a point of saying thank you to them. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, and I, Wave. I think that, yeah, just, hey, thanks for what you're doing. I think they may not hear it enough. Uh, all right. I guess the other uh, story <laughs> is story, that yeah. uh, <laughs> Seattle finally cleared the, is the it Chop? Chaz or Chop? chop or Chaz, self-named you know? Chop now. Yeah. But it was Chaz. Yeah. The, it's a weird name if you think about it. Acronym Chop. Capitol Hill. <laughs> Ocu- Occupy protest, protest mm-hmm. or, ch- or the autonomous zone, and why it went on that long, who knows? Yeah, uh, but hey, that's and, but it was the mayor that closed it down finally, yeah, which is interesting because she was pretty lax on it early yeah. on, yeah, yeah, but then again, just a few days ago, a young boy was killed. 
um, yeah. nearby. So one, one thing that struck me, and I know we got to go because we got to take a break, but uh, just if you see the pictures of the Chaz, the chop zone, and oh, thank God the police finally went in and cleared that up because that, that's just that's anarchy. I mean that that's just crazy. Well, you know what? Uh, it's anarchy for a while. Then you got the people with the ARs and the yeah. AK-47s. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 you can't get rid of. You're just going to have some other authority taking charge. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty crazy, but it also was just filthy looking. So much graffiti. It Horrible. was just, it was just not nothing. Uh, I didn't see anything beautiful. Of course, every person in there is a child of God, loved. You know, Absolutely, they're, they're, and that was that's beautiful. They're they're, they're wonderful, beautiful children of God. Not, but it but it was not a good society. Well, it, wasn't, uh, it was an eyesore for sure. All right, uh, Karen Garnett is going to join us here in a moment and talk about this Supreme Court case, and uh, I, she's not quite as down about it i think she sees a silver lining here and speaking to her on the phone uh and maybe it's not as bad as we think clarence thomas also has said publicly in in his written statement on this case that roe v wade needs to be overruled you know Uh, maybe a few people here that may agree with that uh (laughs) we'll talk about that so quick break here on jaren live and we'll be back with karen garnett uh, to talk about uh, abortion in the supreme court I'll bet you know by now that Amazon Smile is a great way to support your favorite charity. And supporting the Guadalupe Radio Network while you shop is easy. Step one, just start off at smile.amazon.com. Step two, choose La Promesa Foundation as your charity. La Promesa Foundation is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio Network. And step three, enjoy your shopping. Amazon will donate a portion of your purchase to the La Promesa Foundation, and it doesn't cost you any extra. La Promesa Foundation and Guadalupe Radio Network, thank you. Solidarity Health Shares, we're building Catholic health care in America. We conform to the moral guidelines of the Catholic Church so that you never have to worry about your health care dollars paying for anything that violates your conscience. From conception to natural death, we strive to serve all health care needs, protect human life, celebrate families, and promote the dignity of all people. Join Solidarity Health Share in restoring and rebuilding authentic Catholic health care by signing up at SolidarityHealthShare.org, a sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. All right, we're back. This is GRN Alive. It's 17 minutes after the hour now. Thanks for joining us. We're broadcasting across the Guadalupe Radio Network. Dave Palmer, Dr. Chris Malloy from the University of Dallas, Cecil Anderson, Diane Xavier, and you. And now we introduce uh, our first guest on the program. And this lady just uh, has lived and breathed the pro-life effort for so many years. She's one of my main go-to people about all things pro-life. Uh, her name is Karen Garnett, and she currently serves as vice president of Community Relations and National Expansion for Heroic Media. They're located at heroicmedia.org on the line. And I asked her to come on and talk about this uh, seemingly defeat in the Supreme Court uh, this week with this case called June Medical Services versus Russo. Good morning, Karen. How are you? Good morning, Dave. Doing great. How are you? Good. We got Dr. Malloy here with us as well, so we're all going to have a chat. Uh, so, good any, morning. Anyways, uh, I mentioned before we went to break that in talking to you, you, you don't see this as maybe perhaps as devastating of a loss, and you know the pro-life effort is <laughs> just finished, and we're never going to overturn Roe v. Wade. What, what is your overall take on this, uh, June Medical Services versus Russo, the loss of the Supreme Court this week? Okay, it is definitely disappointing because the decision came down as a five to four decision against, you know, against the pro-life effort. However, the way that the decision was decided, it was Chief Justice John Roberts, who was the fifth vote. We know that the, the four abortion advocates on the court are always going to vote as a block. That's, um, Justice Ginsburg, Breyer, 
who wrote the opinion, Sotomayor and Kagan, justices. This time, the way that um, Justice Chief Justice Roberts voted, he didn't go along with them in their opinion. He wrote a concurring opinion of his own. And this, this is what he said. He said, now, we have to understand, too, that this case was similar to the whole woman's health versus Helderstadt case that was struck down at the court back in 2016. And at that time, Justice Roberts was in the minority dissent. It was Justice Roberts, Justice Thomas, and Justice Alito back in 2016. Here's what Justice Roberts did on Monday. He said that he voted with the minority back in 2016 because he believed that Whole Woman's Health versus Hellestat was being wrongly decided by the majority. He agreed with his decision four years ago that it was wrongly decided, but the reason why he went along with the, minor- the majority this time was because of the precedent of four years ago. So mm-hmm. even though four years ago he believed it was wrongly decided, he went ahead and applied stare decisis that since it was already decided it was so similar that he voted with the majority very disappointing very disappointing positives though from this that we this is the first abortion case to be decided since the, the two new justices have been seated and this is justice um, gorsuch and guest justice kavanaugh and it was wonderful to see how they how they wrote on this um on this court case mm-hmm. very 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 hopeful the other um, get great signs of hope with this is there are currently, this is the other side is still panicking um, because there are 16 uh, different abortion cases around the country that are at the appeals court level right now uh, trying to make their way to see if they may be a case that makes its way to the Supreme Court to be looked at. And so Justice Roberts is giving us the, the hope that if it's a different type of abortion case that comes to the high court, other than something so similar to four years ago, he may look at it differently and vote with the conservative majority to, to be the fifth vote to be to give us a, a majority five to four vote if the, all the justices stay the same. So that is very, very that actually gives us that gives us great hope, especially the, being, being able to see the way that um, Justices Gorsuch and Kavanaugh voted this time. Yeah. And was it in his dissent that uh, Justice uh, Clarence Thomas said, uh, quote, the Constitution does not constrain the state's ability to regulate or even prohibit abortion? So he's kind of hinting that, you know, throwing that, that, that bomb out there that, hey, we might still overturn Roe v. Wade. Uh, is that how you take that or how do you, how do you uh, interpret uh, Justice Thomas's comments? Absolutely. So that's the other thing that gives us great hope is that the Supreme Court in and of itself has has overturned over 200 of its own cases in history. And like one of the top ones that most people are familiar with was was in 1954, Brown versus Board of Education overturned Plessy versus Ferguson from 1896, which which uh, which threw out segregation. Right. As um as being constitutional, it wasn't constitutional. So Justice Thomas is, I mean, he, his, his voice is so, so clear. Here's what, here's one of the quotes that he says, Roe is grievously wrong for many reasons, but the most fundamental is that it's core holding that the Constitution protects a woman's right to abort her unborn child finds no support 
in the text of the 14th Amendment, he said all the Roe plus the, the cases that have followed Roe, Roe and its progeny, the decisions created the right to abortion out of whole cloth without a shred of support from the Constitution's text. And he, Justice Thomas says, our abortion precedents are grievously wrong and should be overruled. So that's the other thing is that's we're, we're, we're just close depending on the makeup of the court that we get the right case up there to actually directly challenge Roe and we have an opportunity. And you know what? Here's the, here's the truth too, Dave. These other cases that have been overturned by the court in the right direction when there's been gross injustice, we know and we believe that truth will eventually prevail. And Roe v. Wade, oh my goodness, right? Abort, legalized mm-hmm. abortion in our country, nothing in the Constitution. There is no right to abortion in the Constitution, nor a right to privacy. And even when, even in Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood versus Casey in 1992, that's when the, the, the new sort of undue burden, um, that's when undue burden was entered into the picture that we're going to weigh safety standards, which is the Louisiana case was about safety standards. Just, just even that point alone, Louisiana, every outpatient surgery facility in the state of Louisiana, except for abortion facilities, requires um, admitting privileges to hospitals for the doctors. But every they, single one except abortion. Yeah. And that's all that Louisiana was asking for. The court decided to not put women, women's health and safety as the deciding point, but Applying this undue burden, cost-benefit, you know, analysis, that is not the right of the court to do, and the court needs to interpret the Constitution. You know, if you're, if you're a Catholic judge, I think you're so much more inspired by Thomas than by Roberts. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the reason. Because yeah. Thomas is more profound. He goes to the basis. There, there, there's no basis for the stare decisis that Roberts is talking about. The, the the overturn. I mean, Roe itself is 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 already in opposition to a more fundamental law. And that I, anyway, I think Thomas is profound. Roberts is clever but shallow. Right. However, he's giving us. I mean, I can't agree. He's with giving you. More. you a, he's giving you. Love, a hope. I love Justice mm-hmm. Thomas. I mean, yes. But but we. But he's still giving us a glimmer of hope. Justice Thomas is, and. For sure, all is not lost. Karen, and is, we know, we know, yeah. What's sure. the most promising case out there that you see um, that's distinct you, enough? I cannot tell you. Okay. I was just, okay. I was reading Sorry. up on this just to, you know, in, in response to Dave's question, you know, is, is all lost? And to see that the other side is panicking, that there are actually 16 cases. I don't know what those 16 cases are. Karen, can I'm we, sorry to say. Karen, we just have a few minutes remaining. I want to ask you about, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned Gorsuch and, and, and Kavanaugh. And mm-hmm. I remember when the, who, who, who can't remember the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings? I mean, that was crazy. And I remember at the end, it was Susan Collins, uh, from, I think, Maine. And she said, she was kind of like the deciding vote that, uh, you know, and she's a Democrat and uh, not, not pro-life. And she said, I had conversations with Kavanaugh and I'm convinced that he's not, you know, he's not going to do anything harmful, to, you know, something like to the, the abortion, uh, you know, the right, reproductive rights or something like that. I'm guessing you said the people on the other side are kind of panicking. And do, is there enough, do you think, to show that maybe Kavanaugh is um, going to be a consistent Thomas-like uh, justice, or, or, or do we not know enough? Um, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't know for sure if he's 
Thomas-like, but what we have seen in this case, uh, which is his first one um, at the high court on abortion, we're, ve- we're very hopeful, very, very hopeful. And, and Justice Gorsuch, um, my goodness, his, his, his writings in this case are great signs of hope. So mm-hmm. it's, um, we needed, you know, these are good appointments on, on this issue that looks, looks to us at, at this juncture. Yeah. So very, very hopeful. And I mean, we could just be a case away from the five to four, the five to four vote, including Justice Roberts, even on this current court yeah. with, um, I want with like, a favorable decision. I want like seven two. I want nine zero. Oh. I hate this five four. <laughs> You've been flirting with yeah. this five four for like decades. Yeah. And you mentioned Gorsuch, and in, in leading in Dr. Malloy to our next segment with Monsignor Pope, yeah, he might have gone right on this one, but he got the one that the yeah. other case. Pretty badly Bad. wrong, yeah. and that's going to be the one that chips away at our our, our religious liberties. Yeah, that, that's going to cut real close to lots of Catholic institutions. Yeah, adoptions, agreed, schools, agreed. universities. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. All right, uh, Karen. Uh, thanks so much for being with us, Karen Garnett, uh, Vice President, Community Relations, National Expansion for Hook Media. Anything? We got about a minute. Uh, anything you want to say about your work or Hook Media? Anything going on that uh, people should know about you guys? Oh, well, just, well, yes, there's something exciting that's coming up. Um, we have been, we've just commissioned a nationwide research study to measure awareness among women, um, 18 and up, about do they know that help is available for healing after an abortion? And the results from that nationwide study are is absolutely jaw-dropping. The lack of awareness, people don't know that help is available or where to go. I'm going to be speaking at a, a virtual conference at the end of this month. It's um, I and the researcher, our national researcher, on sharing these results. At, and it is called Support After Abortion Healing Network Virtual Conference 2020. Okay, that's long. <laughs> Support After Abortion uh Healing Network Virtual Conference 2020. If you go to supportafterabortion.com, you will find information on the virtual conference, and it's free to attend. It's July 30, uh, July 30, 31, August 1, and there's a lot of speakers on on that virtual conference, but just encourage people to check that out because we at Heroic Media will be participating in that. We're very excited about it. And just check us out at heroicmedia.org. We go head-to-head against Planned Parenthood and the abortion facilities every day to reach abortion-minded women and connect them to pregnancy centers get them away from abortion facilities to help save lives. Yeah. And, and you know, Karen, I was just going to say real quickly, and then uh, Dr. Malloy, I, I, and this is a little off topic, but I remember March 6th, you guys had your big event here in North Texas. It was like yeah. like 3,000 people. <laughs> it was like the next day they were like, 50 people only. I mean, you guys got <laughs> in right under the wire, and what uh, what timing that was <laughs> to be able to, yes. just before yeah. all the craziness hit. But anyways, Dr. Malloy, yeah, we and got about 30 seconds. Heroic media statistically verified results yeah i mean yes, just ama- absolutely. absolutely the the, the guy who founded measured. it he's not wasting his money yeah <laughs> all right hey karen thanks so much Thank uh, again heroicmedia.org is the website uh, always good to have you as uh, somebody to talk to a good resource appreciate it have a great uh, independence day weekend karen thanks you too. Thanks so much. God bless God you. God bless. All right. This is, uh, we are smack dab in the middle of our hour of GRN Alive Friday edition. Don't forget that, uh, there's a, 
uh, a, a GRN Monday edition that happens uh, on Mondays of all days. Ah, so a good place to put the Monday edition. Uh, <laughs> Joe McLean and the team in Houston. So be sure to tune in for that as well. Uh, and we're going to take a break. Monsignor Charles Pope from the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. is going to join us in a moment. A summons to courage. Uh, are we still free in America? We're going to take that from a several different angles. We appreciate your calls and comments. 877-757-9424. We'll be back right after this. Is the Lord calling you to be a missionary? Hi, Joe McLean here. And the Guadalupe Radio Network is calling for rosary missionaries to join with the GRN in praying for very special intentions. Would you be one of them? Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. Together, we can bring the power of prayer to bear on a dark world in need of the light of Christ. Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. We're hiring. Guadalupe Radio Network has an opening for a general manager of our West Texas and New Mexico operations based out of our flagship station in Midland. It's a wonderful opportunity for a mission-focused, faithful Catholic to join an apostolate dedicated to spreading the Catholic faith by the means of radio. Bilingual is required. Send your cover letter and resume to careers at grnonline.com. Careers at grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network is committed to bringing you the best programming available to assist you and your family on your earthly journeys. One of the top ten programs which airs at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central Time, is Women of Grace. Jeanette Williams hosts this live program of special interest to women. However, as we know, real men listen too. She informs, instructs, and inspires listeners with the truth of the Catholic faith. Listeners call into Women of Grace with questions. Questions that are wide-ranging, from troubled marriages, same-sex attractions in families, addictions, other crises that assail all of us in this life, and just general questions about what the church teaches. Callers find that Jeanette's down-to-earth wisdom and spiritual insight helps them and gives them a way to deal with their current circumstances. This is Len Oswald, President of the GRN, with this week's Family Minute. Thank you for your prayers, support, and especially for being part of the GRN family. It is now 33 minutes after the hour. Thanks for tuning in. This is uh, GRN Alive. We're broadcasting across the Guadalupe Radio Network on this July 3rd, the eve of uh, Independence Day 2020. It's been a crazy year. I don't have to tell you that, but uh, we still celebrate our independence. And we're titling this talk, uh, a, a Summons to Courage, Are We Still Free in America? We're going to take it from several different angles. And the phone number, if you want to join us, is 877-757-9424. And delighted to have uh, on the line with us Monsignor Charles Pope, pastor of Holy Comforter St. Cyprian Catholic Church in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., also a popular author, blogger, radio host, and all-around just a wonderful priest, <laughs> Monsignor Pope. Good morning. Well, good morning, and good, good to be with you. Did I cover everything in the introduction there? Well, well you're much too kind, but <laughs> I, I think, yes, yes. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, I don't know. We, a lot of different ways we can go about this. Dr. Malloy mm-hmm. from University of Dallas is in the studio with us as well. Uh, are we still mm-hmm. free? Yeah. Uh, what's your overall take on that and the state of religious liberty? Uh, yeah, I will say um, you may have seen this statement from the, uh, the USCCB where uh, uh, the uh, uh, was it, um, Archbishop Wenske was talking about the 
uh, religious liberty. He warned of a soft despotism of religious mm-hmm. intolerance. Mm-hmm. He talked about the new uh, J- Jacobins uh, are driving Catholics from the public square for their beliefs. Uh, what, what are your overall thoughts, Monsignor Pope? Well, I certainly agree with him on those things. I, I do think, though, um, that um, it, it, it's, it's more than that. Um, the, the entire biblical worldview, Christendom, everything's been driven, you know, off, you know, God himself has been shown the door and, uh, in our culture. So it's, 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 um, it's huge and, it's, and we're, we're reaping the whirlwind, you know, we've sown the wind and we're reaping the whirlwind, you know, and I think that, um, so you asked the question about freedom. And I would say that, um, we're, we're less free than ever, not necessarily always because the state has come to take away something, but what, well, whoever sins is a slave to sin, says the Lord. And we're living in a culture now where we're very locked in extremely sinful patterns. And these things rob us of our freedom. You know, everything from the obvious stuff like drinking and sex and all that to the, to the less ob- obvious things like our, our addiction today to anger. You know, clenched mm-hmm. fist and just, and you know, the fact that we won't even have a you know a rational conversation anymore. The tyranny of relativism. There's so many topics we could discuss, you know. But I've always thought that 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 expression, the tyranny of relativism, was one of the best insights. Just a little pithy statement that Pope Benedict had, where he said, "Look, you know, the problem with relativism is a form of subjectivism." Which is, in other words, the, the, the locus of truth, the place of truth, moves from the object, something out there to the subject, me, just whatever I say. And um, you need to tolerate me. And all my and all of a sudden, uh, if you don't tolerate me, I will destroy you. Mm-hmm. In the tyranny of relativism, you can't have a rational conversation because there's not a body of truth, say the um, the biblical tradition on which our, our country was based. Uh, you move from, from that to, uh, you know, there's no, there's no common basis for a conversation. So what you end up with is a lot of yelling and screaming, and the one who wins is the one who has the most power, the most money, uh, who's the loudest or just the craziest. Sometimes just the craziest, zaniest stuff wins in our media culture. There's no rational basis for a rational discussion anymore. That's the tyranny of relativism. Mm-hmm. Speaking about this anger, I saw a tweet from a friend, and he said, People work up within themselves these emotions of anger, and then you have to respect that. Yeah, yeah. they're just yeah. a frenzy of anger, and then you've got to respect whatever they're angry about. I don't know. If, yeah, amen. If you all saw the the the, the, the people the the, the the queue who gathered around the statue of Saint Louis, I think it was last weekend, uh, and praying the rosary, and then there was a group of people that were screaming and yelling and profanities and uh mm-hmm. again you know there's always two sides and I I wasn't there but it this the the optics were awful mm-hmm. uh, and then the the that brave priest in St. Louis who stood up uh uh within the last couple of weeks and tried to give a did you see that no. uh, he, he tried to give an explanation of the life of St. Louis and the the whole mob was gathered around and people were you know screaming and yelling at him and I heard mm-hmm. one guy in the crowd say let him talk and I, I think it was actually one of the protesters, I think, because he was saying, <laughs> nice. I was like, yeah, let him talk. There's a concept. That's an old There's idea. There's a few reasonable people <laughs> <Yeah>. out there. <laughs> Monsignor, could you speak to true freedom? John Paul II talked about yeah. true freedom versus, you know, freedom of indifference. Yeah. I'm, I, what I'm seeing is when we're persecuted, we yeah. can suddenly wave the flag and say, wait a minute, what about freedom, freedom, freedom? But... There's a deeper notion of freedom. If we just go with a shallow notion, I think we might we might be sunk. Could could you speak to that? The true notion of freedom. 
Yeah, and to use some of John Paul's insights, and just, you know, he, of course, was using the the most common, you know, Christian and Catholic idea of freedom, which has always been unique, by the way. Um, there's a historian, by the way, from Notre Dame, um, John McGreevy, who wrote on the distinctive Catholic understanding of freedom. It's a very beautifully written book. It's worth a review, but that's... That's a a topic for another day. But the the same ideas are all here. True freedom is not just, hey man, nobody can tell me what to do. See, that's an abstract notion of freedom. And it doesn't exist. Uh, Nobody's not going to tell me what to do. Uh, But that's the typical right now American notion. It's very abstract. Freedom just means I can do whatever I please. No, indeed. Um, true freedom, and here, here's a very paradoxical definition. It's uh, from the Catechism, and it's also rooted in Christ's own statements. True freedom is the capacity or the ability to obey God. Mm. You see, it, it is the truth that sets us free, and God gives us the truth. So true freedom comes from obedience to God and obedience to the truth. Jesus says, whoever sins is a slave to sin. You know, just doing whatever you please makes you a slave. And we know that in our culture. Look at the problem of addiction and so on. Uh, there's so many other examples. But so at, at the heart of it, true freedom isn't just, you know, I can do whatever I please because you just become a slave to your passions, whatever you, you become a slave to whatever you please. Here's true freedom again, just to say it one more time and then I'll elaborate on one more point of it. Uh, true freedom is the capacity, the ability to obey God and the truth. Now, um, therefore you'll notice again that, in a way, the only real true freedom is a limited freedom. Um, we'd like to think freedom could be absolute. No, it cannot be. Because uh, Just think of a simple traffic example. We all understand traffic. Well, hey man, nobody can tell me what to do. I'm not driving in the right side. I'm driving in the left side. And Sidewalks? What's that, man? Who's telling me where to drive? You know? <laughs> What's this red light, man? Nobody's telling me what to do, you know, that kind of thing. And all of a sudden, you know, no one's free to drive if we take that attitude. You see, there's just complete pandemonium. A word, by the way, which means demons everywhere. Uh, Pandemonium. (laughs) But but on the other hand, um, you know, a simple traffic example will show you that we all have to limit our freedom, and then we're free to drive and get places. Yeah, it shows you that we all want order in some areas of our life, because I don't yeah. know anybody's going to be, you know, it's like like a football game. It's, you know, like, I, yeah, I want to, you know, uh, 20 yards for a first down, or let's see, yeah. you know, yeah, everybody, like, I want five downs instead of four. I mean, it's like, no, we got to play by the rules. Uh, mon- a lot of <laughs> Monsignor Charles Pope joining us uh, from the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. Uh, if you have any comments or questions about the topic of, are we still free? And also, a summons to courage. How do we respond uh, in the midst of a lot of craziness out there? 877-757-9424. And I know in a conversation that I had with you on the phone the other day, you mentioned Democracy in America by Alexis de Tocqueville. I I have not read the book, but I have a couple of quotes that I think tie into what you're saying here, uh, Monsignor Pope. Uh, He said, nothing is more wonderful than the art of being free, but nothing is harder to learn how to use than freedom. Uh, He says, liberty cannot be established without morality, nor morality without faith. Mm. And so, you know, liberty tied into faith. And then maybe there's something there. Yeah, Alexis de Tocqueville wrote that magnificent work, and it's, again, one of those big, thick books you got to go back to, you know, if you're really serious about studying these things. And he was very clear about something, that that this idea, this American experiment in, quote, democracy presupposes virtue on the part of the people. 
And he was very, he wasn't very, uh, shall we say, optimistic about that. He was kind of thinking, you know, this thing's going to fail pretty quickly. Now, we've made it a lot longer than he thought, but I think what he had, what he has said in Democracy in America is really coming to pass now. A virtue has been evaporated in our culture very quickly in the last, uh, well, I would say the banner year was 1968, but through the 50s and 60s, a lot of immorality was beginning to burgeon, a lot of selfishness. The greatest generation raised the baby boomers, and I'm a, I'm a baby boomer, so I'm just going to say it plain. We are the most selfish, egotistical, you know, um, uh, you know, iconoclastic generation that has ever lived in this country. And we threw a big party, throwing everything out, smashing everything, and we're left with, uh, we, we've, we've left our children and grandchildren a wasteland to live in now. And, uh, you know, without virtue, without, uh, virtue again, you know, means a, a stable, good, habitual way of, of living rightly. Uh, the, without that, the democracy cannot endure. It just can't endure. He also makes an interesting observation. In effect, he says, I'm paraphrasing, not quoting him, that as soon as people discover they can, they can vote to give themselves money, yeah. the, the deal's over. Mm. Yeah. They have discovered it. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Let, let's talk about another type of freedom and the freedom to be able to voice our opinions. This is something that I've been, be, been become very aware of is that there's mm-hmm. this strange current in our culture right now where it's the cancel culture. If you just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you want to speak out, uh, again, we have the freedom. We're in Catholic radio and we can speak about a lot more things having to do with the Catholic church. But if you're in corporate America or you've got an example yeah. of uh, a lady that spoke out at a Catholic the university, Dr. Yep. Malloy, and you know, it's not always welcome. Even in private chats, like the the, the guy at Florida State Florida University State. found out. We can talk about those cases, but uh, you want to bring up the case with uh, Melanie Dio? Melanie Dio. Okay, she tweeted. I think it was last Monday, actually, mm-hmm. this past yeah. Monday, and um, she's at Villanova. She's a student in theology. Uh, one of their better students, uh, self allegedly, you know, self proclaimed, but <laughs> um, uh, she said. I love people who have same-sex attractions, but their actions on the basis of those attractions are wrong, and they hurt them. They're sinful. Mm-hmm. And she she said this. So she said the, the, the pride movement and the flag, the rainbow flag, stand for accepting those actions. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. So she said that. Then all of a sudden she was being bullied by various persons in the university, and even her... Department, the Department of Theology at Villanova, uh, had, uh, there's some kind of counselor there, I believe, that called her in and they had a meeting. And he said, you know, you really gotta, you gotta retract these. And she said, why? I can't, I can't lie about this. He said, you're gonna lose your good standing. You threw, you, you risk losing your good standing here in this department, uh, losing future job opportunities and networking, etc. Mm-hmm. You're really gonna ruin yourself. And she stuck by it and she tweeted it out to the world. And, um, with lovingly, she's not a rabble rouser, you know, so it, mm-hmm. I, she, what a, what a heroine. Yeah. <clears throat> and that, that's the kind of courage that most people lack today. In fact, you know, this is not a, a, a unique observation. My father often observed, though, he said, Charlie, he always had these, you know, when you hear that voice, here comes a saying, and a, a dad is. <laughs> my my kids know that look, yeah. yeah. I gotta, uh, <laughs> Charlie, courage is one of the least, the, one of the virtues least observed in the human family. 
<laughs> my, my, my kids will say, here comes a lecture. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, they, they know, okay, dad's, dad's about to do a lecture. Right, All right, right uh, hey, we got to call Monsignor Pope is our guest. We're talking about, are we still free in America? And in many ways we are, in many ways we aren't. Uh, Olivia from Dallas is on the line, and uh, she's going to bring up another case that I think is very important to talk about. Uh, uh, Olivia, good morning. What's what's your comment? Good question? morning, Dave. Good morning, everyone. I wanted to bring up the case of Timothy Gordon. A lot of people know him from the blogosphere, but he's a Catholic author and a theology teacher. He was most recently, June the 3rd, fired from Garces High School in Fresno, California. He simply said that the FBI said that or had designated uh, Black Lives Matter a one of those uh, black identity extremist groups, in other words, a terrorist group. He said what the FBI said, and he's been fired. And the ramifications for him, he has a very ill daughter who just had major brain surgery, and so that left him and his family without any means of support and without that insurance. And he simply said what was already uh, a documented piece of information. And he has uh, done an open letter to Bishop Robert Barron, um, as have other people like uh, Taylor Marshall. So that's a really big one that's ongoing right now. Yeah, is that something you're following, Monsignor? Yeah, I I think so. Now, uh, you know, I think that it's fair to say uh, that Tim and and, and uh, Taylor are out there on the uh, on the edgy ends of the you know the spectrum of Catholicism, and they're saying some. Pretty plain stuff uh, that that upsets even some fellow Catholics. Not not, not about um, politics, but even the liturgy and so on. But that said, whatever happened to the days when we could uh, we could speak these things and and say, well, let's talk about that and have an actual conversation. And uh, like you say, there's just a quick firing, and, and you can't say that the the you can't say that list is getting so long. Yeah. And not only that, but you must say this. You haven't said enough until you say this formula. Recite this formula. Uh, Black Lives Matter or whatever. Uh, recite, uh, you know, um, you know, whatever. You know, I could come up with that. A list that's, of pronouns. Uh, yeah, yeah. You gotta use this pronoun or, or else. And you're like, well, whatever happened to, uh, go, to go back to, to talk, to Tocqueville, to democracy in America? Whatever happened? To our capacity to do a little, there's a range of dissenting that we could do and arguing, and just kicking around ideas. And, and the saddest thing is, he was dismissed from a university setting. You remember, remember back in the old days? I'm talking about way back when we were little kids. You know, uh, Berkeley. You know, the whole free speech movement, mm-hmm. and there was some pretty wacky stuff. <laughs> but but the idea was, you know, and but here's 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 the better vision. Let's go to back to St. Thomas Aquinas. That whole summa emerged from a university system where they actually had discussions and debates. Mm-hmm. Here's a proposition. Here are th- here are things that where people would contradict this proposition. Um, here's another said contra, and here's what I say. And then I, then he would respond to the objections. Imagine having a conversation like that today. <laughs> Whether or not Jesus Christ is divine, you know, objection one, objection two, objection three, whatever. Uh, you know, said contra. I I respond by saying, and here's my response to the objections. I mean, uh, <laughs> imagine. You know, uh, uh, you know, letting letting Too that thoughtful. kind of thing happen in our university today. But now you have safe zones. You know, this is all the stuff that Timothy fell victim to. You know, you can't say that. You know, we need safe zones. We, you know, anybody who gets upset somehow we've committed a capital crime against them because we upset them. 
oh my gosh, you know, the freedom not to be upset? That's not in the Constitution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Olivia, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. If anybody else wants to jump in, 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Monsignor, you mentioned about how de Tocqueville in 1840 wasn't too optimistic about the prospects of America. Of course, a couple of decades later, we got into a civil war. And uh, here we are still, you know, hobbled, but, you know, standing. And I, I guess, you know, you talk about... Thomas, and I've had conversations, uh, you know, Dr. Malloy and I are both, you know, lo- love, lovers of Aquinas, and mm-hmm. how, do, how do we get there as a society? I mean, you can't just flip a switch and say, everybody, let's just yeah. start, you know, the, the Socratic dialogue, or let's just start talking about these issues, but in, in this kind of mob mentality, Nobody really wants to listen. I, I will say, though, I, I, just this last week, I've had some really, really good conversations, including with you, uh, Monsignor, on the phone several times, mm-hmm. where with people I don't agree with. And it's, it's really refreshing to just kind of air mm-hmm. it out, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so this gets back to our, you know, the, the original thing that you mentioned right at the beginning, you know, the idea of courage. Now, courage is really the more Thomistic virtue that we often translate as courage is fortitude. And how do we get back? Well, fortitude is not just, it's not just, you know, courage like running into a burning building or, because there could be excesses of, of courage, you know, um, where you, you know, you, you take foolish risk. But fortitude is the moral virtue, according to Thomas, that ensures a firmness in difficulties, a constancy in the pursuit of the good, it strengthens our resolve to resist temptations, to overcome obstacles. Um, it, it, it goes out there, it conquers fear, even the fear of death. It faces trials and persecutions, and it disposes us to renounce and even sacrifice in defense of a just cause, our very life. Jesus, of course, says, if you, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. But you notice again that fortitude isn't just courage in the sense of being brave, but steadfastness, chipping away, realizing there's obstacles, there are setbacks, there are times when we can be discouraged. We feel like, man, we're getting nowhere. Everything's going in the wrong direction. And then you get up every day and you still do the right thing. You get up there, you live your life, you you face, you live a moral life, uh, you you announce the truth, um, even if you get killed for it. But you know you're prudent. But you renounce uh, you know errors and you you go out there every day and. It's like Second Timothy chapter 4, right? Timothy, the days are coming when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but preach the gospel anyway. Preach it in season. Preach it out of season. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. See? And that's fortitude. It's more than just courage. It's steadfastness. It's stick It's I'm going forward anyway. I know it's discouraging right now, but I'm going out there and doing what the Lord told me to do. Monsignor, strategically... As as we're as individuals and in groups, like you're part of a Catholic school, mm-hmm. uh, these kinds of things. You know, we're facing these elections. There are political issues. There's just mm-hmm. cultural issues. What should we do, both as individuals and maybe in our little groups, to prepare for the coming? I'm going to call it soft persecution, because I think the head mm-hmm. chopping is going to that's that's a ways off. But it's it's fines. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, loss of accreditation. It's yeah. Being marginalized, yeah, and, marginalization, and criminalized, yeah. What yeah. should we do to prepare for this, and and how should we okay. try to preach mm-hmm. in this situation? Okay, number one, and this is going to maybe sound a little bit not the first thing you'd expect me to say. Prepare to suffer. Okay, 
You know, we don't have enough of this. There aren't enough bishops or priests that speak to God's people and say, now look, if you're going to be serious about this, if you're really serious about being a disciple and living a life that's contrary to this world, I'm going to tell you right now, prepare to suffer. Jesus said it over and over and over again. But clergy are forever like, well, let's, you know, try to, you know, get along. And it's all, you know, it's all these vagaries and vapid, you know, kinds of, let's all try to get along stuff. At the end of the day, <clears throat> they don't want to get along with us. And they're never going to like us. I'm talking with the world and yeah. the, far, the hard left. Now, when I say left, I want to be careful. I don't mean liberalism. There was a nobility to liberalism. This is the hard left. It's just the iconoclast. All they want to do is destroy. And, and, and they live on chaos. And they don't care about us. And they're never going to like us. So stop trying to get them to like us. Preach the gospel in season and out of season. But prepare to suffer. And I could give you stories, but you know, because the time is waxing on. But I've had to summon people sometimes to heroic. They, they, they had to put, Father, I'll lose my job. I know. I know. Lose it. Lose it. Yeah. But Father, but Father, I know. It's easy for me to say, yeah, I've got a paycheck still coming. But even the, at the end of the day, sometimes there's going to come a day when I, as a priest, won't have a paycheck. Mm-hmm. If, if we pursue this route, we're going to suffer and prepare for it. And Jesus said, I know it's hard. Take up your cross and do it anyway, because you're not. if you don't, you're not worthy of me. Mm. That's a great way to close things out. Uh, I know we're all pretty comfortable. A lot of, most of us are very comfortable, and we don't want to lose, you know, our, our nice job or our nice house mm-hmm. and our, you know, a 401k, whatever. But uh, anyways, great, great, uh, great advice, Monsignor Pope. Uh, would you be able to uh, close us out with a blessing? We just have about 30 seconds remaining uh, as we say goodbye to you, and thank you for your time this morning. Thank you. Yeah, Lord, we give you thanks. We we all love our, our culture, our Western culture. It's a beautiful, fair flower, and we're sad to see so much difficulty. So, Lord, give us hope. We do ask for a miracle. <laughs> we ask for a great rescue. But, Lord, uh, if, if in the meantime, if you ask us to carry the cross, well, help us to do it. So, may the peace and the blessing and the courage of Almighty God come upon all who listen. In the name of the Father, the and Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Monsignor Pope, I hope you have a restful, wonderful weekend. And uh, we also we look forward to having an event on July 23rd. It's going to be a uh, streaming event. We're not going to have it in person, but Monsignor is going to be giving a talk called, a, of all things, A Summons to Courage. Uh, he'll be uh, elaborating a little bit more on the topic. But, hey, great to speak with you, and thank you again. Uh, have a nice weekend, Monsignor Pope. Appreciate thank it. Thank all you. right, Dr. Malloy, have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Thistle. Happy 4th. Great weekend. Diane Xavier here. Great weekend. And uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, your support of the network. And I hope you are able to relax and have a a blessed weekend. Uh, Tune in Monday, same time, for Joe and the team. uh, Joe and Monday. God bless you. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive. From the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. And may your Friday be filled with the joy of the Lord. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. 
Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. A-T-H, 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth.